is the secret of Fatima finally revealed? Is the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary already happened, or is it still to come? 106 years later, the message of Fatima has a tremendous importance. Has Russia converted? Is the secret completely revealed? All these topics we're going to see in this program of Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel, an episode fully dedicated to Fatima and its message 106 years later. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. First of all, welcome to all the audiences that are following Salve Maria podcast in different channels, in YouTube, at Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice in your home. And of course, to all those who are following us in Twitter and also uh, throughout WhatsApp. Um, but at the same time, I have to greet, of course, the, the participants of the program, Father Arthur Salve Maria. Salve Maria. Father Arthur, as you know, is the uh, superior of the Heroes of the Gospel here in Canada, Brother Justin Bonian, Salve Maria. Salve Maria. Brother Justin is the Head of Religious Studies at Guiding Light Academy here in Toronto. And of course, both are Heroes of the Gospel. And um, uh, to, to, today we have a topic because that, that, that has a lot, a lot of um, importance. And although we are at 106 years, since it happened, the message of Fatima never ceases to amaze each and every one of us. Absolutely. But it's, it's a message that at the same time has, has, has something that, of course, rivers of ink have been uh, you know, written about it, which is a secret. And popes, bishops, people uh, have brought all kinds of uh, uh, hypotheses all kinds of ideas about it. And today we decided to, to touch in the secret of Fatima. That is one single secret that comes in three parts. So this is the topic for today. And I hope the audience is going to find it interesting and relevant because it's actually very, very important for our spiritual life. I think that maybe the subject of Fatima is one of the greatest Catholic puzzles of today. Because uh, we know a lot about the message of Fatima. We're going to give a quick overview now for, for all of you. But actually, you will see that it is like a big puzzle in which some parts are missing. And we don't know exactly what it is. We need to use a little bit of our imagination to understand the whole thing that happened and what Mary wanted to tell to the faithful. This message was a message of God himself. <laughs> And first of all, it's very important to realize that when God wanted to give a message to the world, He chose Mary to give this message. Why did He choose Mary to give this message? Why Mary is um, the, the, the most important player in this event, in this puzzle? This, she is the biggest piece of this uh, puzzle because um, very likely Mary is the solution. Our Lord Jesus Christ, before dying, he said, this is your mother. Now he's kind of saying this again through Fatima. He's saying this to the world, uh, turn to your mother. Mm -hmm. Turn to Mary, because she's the one who is going to, to lead you to find the solution of the great and greatest problem of the world today. It's interesting, no? he could have appeared here himself. Oh, our Lord could have done, it, done so. 
I think also what's interesting with Fatima is that it's a succession of apparitions that happened. It isn't as though Our exactly. Lady appeared uh, because she was bored. Um, there, there's a succession. We have uh, Rudabak with the miraculous medal, curing people's bodies from the various diseases, um, trying to bring about a conversion of the Parisian uh, Catholic uh, communities. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, wasn't accepted. Then we have Lourdes, where again, Our Lady is trying to cure. Precisely. Better reception. And unfortunately, for the first period, it was much more a foreign reception. The foreign peoples would go to Lourdes. The French, not so much. There is also the presence at La Salette as well. And then later, yeah, La Salette. And then Portman. <clears throat> and Portman. So we end up having a succession of apparitions. And if you start looking at the different apparitions and use them as puzzle pieces, mm -hmm. in which we can stick them on that board, and we can use our intuition to figure out what are we missing? And that's the big question with Fatima, Precise. is what are we missing? What are we overlooking? Portman was during the Franco-Prussian War of 1870, in which the French were convinced that God had abandoned them. God has forgotten. But it's interesting, no, because Portugal, especially you have that idea for those who have been able to go there. When you actually are in Fatima and when you see the place where the angel appeared to the three little shepherds, you have a notion that uh, it was a completely lost and forgotten place as well. Oh, it was. Absolutely. Because you, you have that impression, okay, nowadays you have the whole planet there, right, where uh, where the shrine is and uh, keeps little resemblance of how it was in the beginning. But when you see the, the, the place that is kept as is, in the, where the, the angel appears. Extremely simple. Extremely, extremely poor. simple, poor. Nobody knew where Fatima was. Huh? Silent, is in the middle of the woods, and that, yes. there we go. No? But also when we get to the apparition of Our Lady, and we're going to do a quick overview very soon, um, you, you perceive that the children that were chosen were the simplest of the simple. They didn't know anything. They knew less than uh, Bernadette did in Lourdes. Absolutely. Um, they knew less than the children in Portman. They knew less than the ones in La Salette. These were, if you want to put us the personality types, they were the simplest of the simple. Totally. And this may be the second aspect of which, uh, which we would like to, uh, to call attention today, because the fact that they were shepherds. Shepherds? What, who is a shepherd? A shepherd is the one who leads the people in the good direction. Hmm. So maybe instead of going to, to speak to the real shepherds of the, of the time, for some reason she chosen three ignorant little children who knew anything but they were shepherds. <laughs> By the way, Abraham was a shepherd. King David was a shepherd. Exactly. Uh, Joseph of Egypt was a shepherd. There is something, eh? something. between God and, and shepherds. Eh? Absolutely. So when, when God wants to, to give an important message, he remembers this, um, uh, this situation of the shepherd and the sheep. So obviously, God wants to tell something to the sheep. And, and he's going to speak to shepherds. But he has chosen three little shepherds that nobody knew. <laughs> but now we could go a little bit towards the, the, the topic of the secret. Because when Our Lady appears, she appears and is fantastic. And the very first thing we think is a message. 
And it's going to be a message that she's going to tell, she's going to transmit. That's why she comes to Earth. And all of a sudden, we uh, find ourselves uh, realizing that the message is a secret. And that has also a lot. Exactly. When we're in a meeting, you, know, you see somebody, hey, you know what? I have to tell you a secret. Immediately, it's like highlighting the topic. <laughs> no, everybody, and everybody who hears says, a secret? What? Where is the secret? Where, where, where is that, right? It's sort of like in a conversation, if you want someone, uh, people to listen to what you're going to say, say it in a sotto voce. You know, <laughs> no everyone is listening. Everyone's attentive. If you say it loud, people won't just blot it out. They're not interested. Precisely, but... When do you say a secret? When the person to whom this message is addressed is not ready to listen. Mm. So she told this to three little children and they were ready to listen because they were innocent. But the message was not for them. The message was obviously for the world, for the church, for the faithful, not to go in the wrong direction. So the, the, the secret uh, obviously has a meaning in the sense that uh, um, the secret has to be useful to somebody. And the secret is kept secret because it is not good that other people know because they will damage the plan of God. Mm -hmm. There we go. That's very, very interesting. So, why don't we situate our audience because the secret actually did not happen in the first apparition. No. May 13th. Did not happen in the second apparition, no. but takes place on the third Sorry. one. Exactly. In July 13th, 1917. So the world is at war, and then Our Lady uh, uh, appears there. But there is something very interesting to it. I don't know if you, if, if you were reading a little bit more, but um, you had the chance, of course. But it is that Sister Lucia, or Lucia, she did not want to go there. She did not want to, to, to go see Our Lady on the third time. And the reason was that she was receiving a lot of pressure. Her mother was not happy with what was happening already. Uh, the parish priest no, heard, and it looks like the devil was attacking her, trying to dissuade her from going to meet Our Lady. Interesting, because the parish priest said, no, if it is a secret, it's not good. It doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from God. <laughs> it comes from the devil. <laughs> then she also has a nightmare where the devil appears in there and yes. he's threatening her, saying, you see, you're spreading lies. You're going to go to hell if you continue. So she's completely frightened and doesn't want to go. <laughs> what a problem, no? For a, for a child that is Terrible. very Terrible simple child. shepherd and is only 11 year, years old. But that's very similar to Lourdes. The pressures were very similar. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very similar. Very much. And the two others, Jacinta and Francisco, they, they, they wanted to go, but they didn't want to go without her. So they asked her, well, but if Mary asked us, why did you come? What should we say? <laughs> and Lucy was so scared. They said, no, tell her that I think it is the devil. <laughs> Very, frank, <laughs> Very you know? frank. Tell her, I think she's the devil. No, no, I'm not going. Well, she didn't have a name yet. Right? They, they, didn't, they hadn't gone to the point of getting a name for the lady. No. So no. there was a little bit of confusion in their minds. There was. There was. But, but then... Yes, she receives a, a grace that night, no? and she wakes up very, very calm, very peaceful, very, very pleased, and, and she goes. And she goes outside, and she finds the, the other two, no? and they are looking at her, and, and <laughs> Sister Lucia goes and says, well, what happens? No, if you are not going, we are not going. And then she goes, okay, let's go. 
And when they arrive, they find already two to three thousand people, <laughs> you know, that were there already but gathered. Can you imagine how difficult it would be to get two thousand people into any area of Fatima at that time? Of course. I mean, today, with all of the modern transportation, Precisely. it's complicated. At that time, I don't know how they did it. So, obviously, the Blessed Virgin Mary was already talking to those people and said, go, go, because this is... There's no reason to go otherwise. Exactly. There's nothing, there's nothing else there. So Our Lady already told them, I am from heaven. Uh, already, Our Lady already, already, you know, kind of, you know, situated them. And now, in this third apparition, she's going to give them a secret. Uh, th there is something also very interesting. I don't know if, uh, if, uh, if it would be also unknown by our audience, but I'm sure they, 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 would, they would like to be reminded of. And it's the fact that uh, Lucia could see Our Lady and could hear Our Lady and could talk to her. Precisely. Uh, Jacinta could see Our Lady, could, could listen, could hear, but she was not talking. And Francisco could only see. And not either. <laughs> he could see, but he could not talk and he could not hear. And many say that it, this is because he prayed the rosary very little. Precisely. Or imp incorrectly. Or incorrectly. So he wanted to get away with it very quickly. And that could be a reminder. I know how many times we all want to hear Our Lady, but, but if we don't pray the rosary, eh, we should pray the rosary more. So that like Francisco... He would, he would mm -hmm. skip. What he would do is, instead of saying the full Hail Mary, he would go, Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Amen. Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Amen. <laughs> and as a little Smart boy, boy yeah. he'd be able to run out and play more often because he finished his rosary. Yeah, very quick. No? And when he was told... That was the problem. He took it to heart, the little boy, and he began to pray. He yes. became a real boy of prayer. And he started to perform penances that were really impressive. So much so that the other two girls were like surprised yeah, yeah, they were. his and, change. And Mary will say later that he would go to heaven, but still he has to pray many rosaries. Many rosaries. So you see, it's a condition to go to heaven, to pray the rosary. Yeah? So we remind our audience, yes. and pick up the rosary, and we're actually going to have several uh, other episodes uh, here in the podcast, how to pray and why. But that, 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 that. We have to do one on the rosary to explain what is the rosary, because it's For so sure. fantastic. And actually, that, that was one of the commentaries eh, of mm -hmm. some people that were watching the program. So if you have any comments, something to say, something to ask, please use down below eh, in the comments area. Leave us your comment, leave us your questions, because that is extremely important for the program. Okay, so then Our Lady, of course, gives one secret on three parts. It's interesting that the message started, starts by telling uh, the, the, uh, the faithful, look, you have forgotten. This is a dogma to church. This is something that everybody should know. But you have forgotten that hell exists. You're not uh, uh, taking this into consideration when you are planning your life, when you're planning what to do. You're forgetting that the hell exists if you don't behave well. So remember, because this will help you to go in the good direction. Now, there is something very important too, and that's why probably there's so much polemic about this, this issue, no, of the secret. Because as soon as Our Lady reveals the secret, she commands the, um, the three little shepherds, especially Lucia, not to say anything. And then, of course, that's where she starts receiving a lot of pressure, especially from a character which is the administrator. Oh, no? Arthur Santos. Um, yeah. He was 
in charge basically to how do you call this to to take no extract. that to extract yeah. that the message from the, the, the secret, secret from the them, secret from them. Yeah. so it was terrible he puts them in jail mm -hmm. imagine you're putting children 11 10 no They're threatening them with the most hideous things so Absolutely. he thre he threats them with boiling oil so he puts them in a, in a room and says listen we're going to throw in the boiling boiling oil if you don't reveal the secret and the three heroically say no they they say one night in in prison with prisoners huh? yes. with, with, with real prisoners huh? <laughs> the, the interesting thing is that they decide to pray the rosary <laughs> and they invite the prisoners to pray with them the rosary huh? <laughs> and they do and they do <laughs> no so the administrator goes and takes jacinta first and um, he comes back and says that's it we just boiled her she's dead who is going to be the next Imagine this is their closest cousin. This is a cousin. This is something so close oh, to them, and you just said that they're dead. Yeah. Imagine the trauma. But then they are so resolute. They say, "Well, that's it. We are not going to tell anything because you know the lady told us not to." And as they know that that Lucia knew the secret perfectly, they go for Francisco. No, and same thing. And she continues, right? And and there she's completely resolute, and she's not ready to tell anything. So, <laughs> in that sense, they are martyrs because they accepted to die because they, they really believed that they were going to die. They yeah. really believed that. Their children, they had no way of knowing that the, no, of the course. Arthur Santos would have gone, would have gone to jail, would have gone most likely to jail. He would have touched the children, but the children didn't know that. No. They had no way of knowing that. So, they were white martyrs at least, of course. and they were willing exactly. to go that far. It's funny, when you go to uh, Liria and you go looking for Arthur Santos, they talk about how the, how the people would punish Arthur Santos afterwards. Oh, really? Because of what he did to the children. Yeah. So, well, don't worry. He got his just desserts. Now, if, I, if we continue uh, placing our, our audience, right? Of course, it, the message was revealed in the third apparition, but was only written in 1941. And the, the Bishop of Leiria at that time commands Sister Lucy to write it. And so she writes it on June the 26th, 1941, where she actually sits, writes a, a, the whole uh, message, right? And she finally uh, well, puts it in the hands of the Bishop. No. First she writes the first part and the second part. And it's only some years later that she will write the third part. Uh, and for this, uh, maybe appears to her to tell her, yes, you can write it. Hmm? But I think we should read the uh, the, the first uh, part of the. Uh, let's of the read. Secret, let's read the first which part. Is the vision of hell, which, which is by true. the way, you know, since it was revealed until it was written, it took twenty-five years. Eh? So it's it's, uh, it's uh, So this, I'm taking it from the um, the Vatican website. So, so if anyone's wondering about translations or what have you, it's the official. We're using the official one, yes. Our Lady showed us a great sea of fire, which seemed to be under the earth. Plunged in this fire were demons and souls in human form, like transparent burning embers, all blackened or bronze or burning bronze, floating about in a conflagration, now raised into the air by the flames that issued from within themselves, together with great clouds of smoke. Now falling back 
on every side, like sparks in a huge fire, without weight or equilibrium, amidst shrieks and groans of pain and despair, which horrified us and made us tremble with, with fear. The demons could be distinguished by their terrifying and repulsive likeness to frightful and unknown animals, all black and transparent. This vision lasted but an instant. But how can we ever be grateful enough to our heavenly, kind and heavenly mother who had already prepared us by promising in the first apparition to take us to heaven? Otherwise, I think we would have died of fear and terror. That's terrible. impressive, eh? Now, it's, it's interesting because I think that for us on earth, the, the, the closest idea of heaven, of hell, is this one. Because this one is given by Mary herself. Mary is not going to lie. She's going to say something which is the, the, uh, the, the closest to reality that we can understand on earth. I think also that this is really important from a different, another angle, which is this, this is the end of the Belle Epoque, the um, 18th century, the, the, this, the, the century of, of knowledge, mm -hmm. which had, um, unfortunately, with the radical skepticism, had dispelled hell. Hell didn't exist. No. And this is a, a straight line saying hell is real. It really exists. It's not a figment of the imagination. And there are souls there. There are people there. Exactly. It isn't an empty place or a figment of the imagination or a medieval construct. It's a place filled with people, as Lucy will say in a different place, like snow going into a blast furnace. So we have many souls going into hell. So really important that we have this image that is real. And this was an answer to what had happened for the years before, which was this radical disbelief. And what a firm message for nowadays when people say, no, no, we shouldn't talk to children about hell because it's going to be very frightening and we should not talk to that. Absolutely not. Our lady herself <laughs> goes and talks to these most innocent children because they are coming from, no, from, from, from the countryside. And then she wants them to be aware. She wants them to transmit this message to the whole mankind. Our lady is the perfect mother. Yeah, with a motherly pe pedagogy. I mean, she, she wants to teach them. And the first thing that she, she's going to mention is hell. So, I mean, I'm, I'm taking the set contra here and I'm saying, well, isn't that going to traumatize these children? She, the children account that they were scared. Of course, of course. <laughs> they were normal children. They were scared. But they understood why. They were mature enough that they understood that they was for a good purpose. And they, they even say that um, in Mary's physiognomy also became pale. Pale. And, and Mary, Mary herself was scared. But Father, could you explain to us a little bit about the question of fear? Because you have fear of, fear of, of God, no? And very briefly to touch that, how fear can be a tool for salvation too. Of course, uh, fear means that uh, fear is another aspect of, of love. Hmm? When you love somebody, you are afraid of doing something against him, or something that's going to harm him, or something that he's going to be—he's not going to be Upset happy. Upset or offend. Exactly. So you have to fear to offend God. Not only because he's good and uh, he deserves all praise, but also because there is a chastisement. And, and as you just said, the, the hell exists, and it, there, there are people there because Mary showed them. <laughs> that people are really there. So uh, it wasn't by chance that she did it. 
No. She needed, she needed to underline that point. Of course. Maybe not for the children, but for who would listen to it. Exactly. Exactly. Because the message is not just for the children, no. obviously. And also people need to, I mean, we need to be aware uh, to abandon sin. Because um, one of the brothers in El Salvador no, was reminding us, it was very interesting, he said, well, imagine a person who lives uh, six days out of seven in mortal sin. Well, chances that the person is going to die and is going to not to be saved uh, are high because if you spend uh, out of seven days six in mortal sin, what if you die within those six days, right? So this is this is exactly what we need to be very very aware. So that's why our lady uses this tool as uh, for for the conversion of sinners. So this is the first part of the secret. We go to a very short uh, pause and then we come back with a second and a third. Stay with us. We are just uh, we're going to resume uh, after some announcements. If you're liking this program, there are ways to support it. And one of those is to acquire the latest book we have for children, St. Faustina and the Divine Mercy. In this book, children can learn about Divine Mercy, children can learn about the life of St. Faustina, and you as a parent, maybe as an uncle, as an educator, can help them to discover this beautiful treasure. The book is available in versions in English, Spanish, and French. And you can order right away in the notes of the program. So order your copy today. St. Faustina and the Divine Mercy comes in three languages and it's going to be a beautiful gift for your children, for somebody else's children, and even for yourself. So welcome back to this second part of the program. And so we have discussed the first part of the secret of Fatima. And now we're going to embark into the second and the third part, which are fascinating are amazing and everything else so brother justin could you take us to the second part all right so it continues as such we then looked up at our lady who said to us so kindly and so sadly you have seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go to save them god wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart if what i say is done Many souls will be saved, and there will be peace. The war is going to end. But if people do not cease offending God, a worse one will break out during the pontificate of Pius XI. When you see a night illuminated by an unknown light, know that this is the great sign given to you by God, that he is about to punish the world for its crimes, by the means of war, famine, and persecutions of the Church and of the Holy Father. To prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me. She shall be converted, and a period of peace will be granted to the world. So that's the second. That's the second part. And she foresees the end of the First World War. But if mankind doesn't change, 
they come in a worse one. Therefore, those were wars were chastisement. Huh? The God allowed them as a chastisement, as a means of uh, of um, calling people to conversion, no? to to repent, to change their lives. Because look what what is happening. And it was brutal, no? The the I mean, life in Europe before the First World War was characterized by a high degree of civilization, and all of a sudden you're plunging all those people, those young people, Catholics from both, both sides, sides and everything, each other, huh? killing each other in the middle of the mud. No, if you read about the the, the, the war in the trenches, and um, here you have, for instance, Father, the uh, the official. Uh, amounts according to Wikipedia, no, that is the since the first world world war had 20 million dead and 23 million wounded, mm, approximately, because you know there are some other some other sure. amounts, yeah. and the second world war was 35 to 60 million dead. Wow. Well, um, the English Catholic writer J.R. Tolkien was in the Battle of Verdun. And he was so traumatized by his time in the trenches when he wrote the famous uh, Lord of the Rings. He fashioned the hell world of Mordor after his, his World War I experience, saying it was there was no hope. It was just burnt and darkness. So Mordor was Verdun. And that's important for us to imagine. See, him as a Catholic who was trying to understand the pain that he was going through, and he associated it with hell. And devils. And then the Second World War brings atomic bombs. Yeah. Uh, brings uh, the nuclear power, brings the capability of devastating the earth, I don't know how many times. Also, what's important here is that it's the call to conversion, the call to change, the call to coming back to God. A lot of times we tend to get ourselves twisted around with the consecration. Our Lady says, I will come and ask for it. What's important is that we change now. She gave us, there's like kind of a schedule. I will come and ask for this later on. But this, now this is really important right now. Did that happen? The answer I think we can say is no. Terribly. Sister Lucia in 1960, uh, she's quoted of having said, well, you know what? It is too late for the consecration. I mean, if it happened, it didn't happen, whatever. <laughs> the fact is that Sister Lucia is too late. Our Lord said in 1924 at Tui, when, when Sister Lucy was there, our Lord appeared to Lucy, and Lucy said, when will the consecration happen? This is the 20s. Mm -hmm. And our Lord told her, says, the consecration will happen, but it'll be done too late. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's kind of vain for us to question if the consecration, this or that. Our Lord even said, they will do it, but it'll be done too late. There was a time for it to happen. It didn't happen in that scope. And as we can see in the present context uh, Russia, of uh, Russia, Russia, has not Russia has not converted. We can see there, you know, in Ukraine, what's happening. And the only solution, the only alternative, is that people will consecrate themselves to Mary. And this is what actually the heralds are doing through the internet in, a, in an enormous scale, and inviting people to to be faithful to this message in the sense that. Um, you um, you are invited to to consecrate yourself and therefore to change and convert mm? mm -hmm. to do uh, to do penance to repent to to, to change your heart. But I think very much as you just mentioned, it's very much an individual action. You take care of yourself because it's very easy for me to say for you, for you to change. Yeah. 
It's very easy for me to point my finger and say, you must change. Moralize everyone. But it's very interesting that we can do it ourselves, worry about ourselves exactly. in a sense. Exactly. Um, the Saturdays of a reparation, which we go to confession, we receive Holy Communion, we pray the rosary. That is done by ourselves, so, our families. There's no doubt in our mind that, that it is part of the spirit of, of the Master of Fatima to do this consecration to Mary now. It's the, it's the only solution that we have. The, the term consecration means to make sacred. To make sacred. So we need to make ourselves sacred because we live as, you know, in a cursed generation. I think Paul, Peter would tell us. But now let's delve into the most mysterious, which is the third part of the secret. Well, no. Probably the more <laughs> no other audience already <laughs> waiting there. But yeah, especially because this is not only mysterious, but it's still full and plenty of a very polemic side. I think this is where our puzzle is. Precisely. We have pieces on the table right now, we've already talked about, but we're missing pieces. And this is in the third, third part, so no doubt that it should be there. So there's the, the first one is when she wrote it, because um, at a certain moment in 1943 she falls sick, and then the Bishop of Leiria was very afraid that that part was not going to be revealed. Imagine, imagine if Sister Lucy dies. So he goes and um, in 1943 orders her to reveal the secret. But Sister Lucy knew that she could not tell that part until 1960. Right. So she is mm, telling the bishop, no, our lady told me not to right now and I'm not going to. And so the bishop of Lydia goes and demands with his authority as a bishop, orders her to write it. And she's very afraid. She doesn't know what to do. No. And, and, then, she, and she tries, no? <laughs> and she starts, yes. Well, she, she was put basically, no, okay, who, who do I obey? The bishop or a lady? <laughs> and then what would you do? <laughs> <clears throat> but actually, she tries to, to write it down, and she can't, because she, she starts shaking so much that she couldn't write anymore. <laughs> She's so afraid. So therefore, this part, the third part of the secret of Fatima, is something very serious. We are not talking, you know, Without a doubt. So in January 1944, she has a vision of Our Lady, and Our Lady tells something very impressive. She says, no, you write it, just do not mm -hmm. reveal the things I have taught you about it. You see, there are things that we don't know. The bustle. Exactly. So she goes and writes exactly that. In the outside of the envelope, she places, right, it to be opened in 1960. So this is in January 1944. Mm. And so there comes the mystery. She writes it, seals it, puts 1960, gives it to the Bishop of Lady. And apparently in 1957, he goes, right, and sends it to Pius XII. Yeah. And Pius XII dies in 1958. Exactly. <laughs> so there we go. Pope um, John XXIII actually uh, opened the letter and according to what people say, you know, in different documents and things, and you know, there we are, he was very afraid. He closed it back and said, this is not for me. Well, really there were at least two or three witnesses huh, to this event, because uh, there was a cardinal, Carlo Taviani, who was there. There was a monsignor, very famous cardinal, uh, Capovilla, yes, very much, who was also there. And very likely there was a translator from Portuguese to Italian, to, uh, because the message was, in, was written in Portuguese, who also was there. 
and they say that Pope John XXIII, um, he said, this is not for me. And he put it back in the safe. But actually, he almost fainted. He said, the Pope almost faint, you know, reading this. So he goes to the safe again, and then what? Pope Paul VI comes, John Paul I comes, then Pope John Paul II. In the year 2000, huh? we have that uh, Cardinal Sodano uh, in 2000, then he, he says that he's going to reveal the, uh, the message, but first he gives an interpretation, and then he reveals. Yeah, from certain sectors of, of you know, I mean, the critics, uh, that, that, that was not well received. No, no it was uh, not necessary. In the sense that, no. Yeah. I'll read the third Yeah, let's read it. So this is, again, this is taken from the Vatican website. And I'm not reading the commentary, I'm just reading the, the secret itself. The third part of the secret revealed at the Covadaria Fatima on the 13th of July, 1917. I write in obedience to you, my God, who commanded me to do so through His Excellency, the Bishop Aladia, through your most holy mother and mine. After the two parts, which I have already explained, at the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand, flashing. It gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world afire. But they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards him from her right hand. Pointing to the earth with his right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance, penance, penance. And we saw an immense light that is God. Something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. A bishop dressed in white. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Other bishops, priests, men, and women religious going up a steep mountain, on top of which there was a large, the big cross of, of rough-hewn trunks, as of cork tree, with bark. Before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city, half in ruins, half trembling, with a halting step, afflicted with pain and sorrow. He prayed for the souls of the corpse he met on his way, having reached the top of the mountain. On his knees, at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him. And in the same way there died, one after another, the bishops, priests, men and women religious, and various lay people of different ranks and positions. Beneath the two arms of the cross, there were two angels, each with a crystal asperium in, their, in his hand, in which they gathered the blood of the martyrs. With it sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. 3-1-1944. And here is the question that remains, no, remains there. Is that all? And what does it mean? No? Because uh, this was revealed in the year 2000. It doesn't make any sense that in the year 2000 we're going to reveal a secret of something that was already in the news. Since the, the attentive murder of Pope John Paul II that happened on the 13th of May 1981. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, some commentators try to simplify this, uh, saying, oh, well, Mary was referring to Pope John Paul II, it's already happened, that's it. Yeah, when, that, they, when, when he was... Uh, the attempted assassination. In, in the in St. Peter's Square. So, obviously, it's not this. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not going to reveal now something that happened already, like, uh, well, like if, 19 years before. But if that was it, where was this mountain? Where was this hewn cross? What does that all exactly. mean? The angel, um, the sword. Where's this trembling city? Where's this half-ruined city? I mean, all these images don't relate well. No. So what do you mean? This is all... Because uh, the problem with the message, the third mess, the third secret or the third part is that the first two parts are so clear. They're, they're absolutely crystalline. Precisely. The third part is very, very mysterious. And that's why we need a little intuition because we're missing pieces in our puzzle. There's blocks missing. Of course. Um, to say everything is there is... is uh, unless you're able to see something I'm not seeing. So one interpretation could be that, that uh, you know, maybe it's asking for conversion. She's asking for prayer, pray the rosary, you know, uh, consecrate, etc. It doesn't happen. So then what, going to, what, what is going to happen? If it didn't happen, what is going to happen? Then, well, maybe then the, the angel with the sword, etc., then start making some sense. Hmm? Yes, because when we see in perspective, our lady is asking for the conversion of sinners, that did not happen. For the conversion of Russia, that did not happen. For the first um, Saturday devotions that are going to be, you know, but it's not just one or two or, you know, some parishes or whatever, some pious souls. It's the whole uh, mankind and mass that has to receive, you no know, Holy Communion on Saturdays have to follow that. It didn't happen. Pray the rosary. Praying the rosary. No. I mean, there were some families. There yeah, are. There are families. It's so beautiful. But we pray the rosary, but, but I mean, to say it's that a, everyone is doing it. Of course it's not. It's a great stretch. In universal scale? No. Mm, no, no, it's not happening. So then, <laughs> what will happen? Exactly. So it's positively a, a, a moment for for us to think about our conversion, the conversion of the world, and that's all pending. Precisely. So we know this. Then we know that at the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. But what will happen in between, that's not very clear. Well, we have Russia, and it says it will spread its errors throughout the world. Now, what are the errors of Russia? Right? Is it, was it just a political system? It was or, was communism, it, or was communism in its, in its errors? So mm -hmm. we're not talking about a, like a political domination we're talking the errors of Russia, so it's mm -hmm. radical materialism, it's atheism, and it's persecution of the church. That is still spreading. And also, sure. and also a degree of amorality that is typical, no, coming oh. from communism, because it Precisely. denies family, it denies you no know, matrimony Gender. as such. Trotsky, Trotsky wrote about that we need egalitarianism so much, we need a, a genderless society. Mm -hmm. And that's in Trotsky would be a product of the errors of Russia. Of course, of as course. long as you don't hold on to this very stringent uh, political reality, mm -hmm. errors being like spores leaving a weed. Actually, if they are from Russia or not, is secondary. No? No. The, the the worst thing is the errors themselves. Yeah. Hmm? The errors themselves that have spread, come from. have spread all over the world. Because sometimes we we we, <laughs> we hear these errors coming from other places that are not Russian at all. Absolutely. <laughs> So, the uh, uh, so we uh, we see that um, there's something missing 
between all this uh, confusion, all this this uh, disorder, the sin, etc., da 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 da, and then the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, Heart of Mary. We know that Mary will triumph. And it's interesting that uh, God wanted to say that it's going to be the heart of Mary who's going to to, um, to try, because he could also have said it's going to be the heart of Jesus that is going to uh, to triumph. But actually, it's the same thing. Yes. Because here we have the statue of Mary, and she has a heart. And obviously, who is in her heart? The heart of Mary is Jesus. Oh, absolutely. So when she says, she's speaking about her immaculate heart, she's obviously speaking about Jesus himself. She makes it very clear. It's her. It's her son desires this, right? She didn't come on her own. So it's very important that we understand that, right? And when our Lord appeared to Margaret Mary Lecoq, pushing this as a tool to help, and people still didn't listen. Exactly. So it's 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 sort of like the image from the uh, from the gospel in which the the the, the uh, king sends his son. He says, "They'll listen to my son." In this sense. Our Lord sends his mother. They'll listen to my mother. <laughs> it's the same problem. It's not that, in no way is Our Lady trying to grab the glory or whatever the silly people say. She's pleading with us to come to our senses, our common senses, and we are not. So we can say that those who are, to, nowadays, uh, even in, in our church, in the church, putting Mary aside, they are going totally against the plan of God, totally against the, the, the message of God that Mary, Mary uh, received from God to give it to us. All of the apparitions of Our Lady all have that element in which they're pleading for us to turn back to Christ. There's no such thing as an apparition of Our Lady in which doesn't have that as a goal, a core element. So it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous to even mention. So we started with a big mystery, and we finish the program also with a big mystery exactly. in that sense. But uh, basically, we are seeing how Fatima is nothing but an appeal to the conversion of sinners, the conversion of us, our conversion, the conversion of the world and the purification of the world as such. And it's interesting to, to remind everyone that uh, Mary said in the first apparition that she was going to appear seven times. But actually, from May to October, she appears only six times. Therefore, there is one more apparition missing. Yeah, absolutely. And that maybe will be the apparition that will explain this mystery about Fatima. That will, that will tell us everything that we need to know and that will really make the whole world, you know, convert or be chastised. So, Father, what can we then, as a conclusion here for the program today, what can we advise our uh, listeners regarding? Fatima. Well, keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open because Mary is going to say something to you. If she doesn't say, say it through little shepherds, maybe she will say it directly to you. And she will say, obviously, pray. Huh? Pray the rosary. Maybe when you pray the rosary, that will be the moment in which Mary will talk to you and will explain you, look, this is what's going to happen. You know, please convert. Please do this. Please do that. Please don't behave in that uh, uh, bad manner that maybe you're, you're behaving now. Uh, change your life, you know, because what is coming, it is worthwhile. The, uh, the reward, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, where is it going to happen? In your heart. That's where Mary wants to be. 
That's where Jesus wants to be. And this is where the big triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary is going to happen. So we are inviting our friends to open their hearts to this great conversion, this great triumph of her Immaculate Heart. And again, as Father was saying earlier, uh, we have these places to actually participate, do the consecration to Our Lady according to St. Louis de Montfort, yes. and we couldn't give a better advice no, to our audience mm. that for those who have not done the consecration yet, don't hesitate. You know, go there to that link we have there, or in your parish, or whatever, or just you know, kneel in front of a statue of Our Lady, and let's go and do the consecration. And then this crown, this is what... Uh, this is uh, why we put this crown here on this table today, because uh, the crown represents the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And th we want this crown to be in your heart. We want uh, Mary to be the queen of your heart. So, we would like to say a Hail Mary all together, just uh, to, um, to be ready to do everything that Mary has asked us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst women. And blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.